Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, everybody, to The Psychologists Are In. I'm Maggie Lawson. And I'm her podcast partner in crime, Timothy Elmitson. And this week, we are talking about Season 4, Episode 14, Think Tank, with the highly acclaimed, one of our favorite people, Marco Ciccone, the best camera person around. We finally got him on the podcast, you guys. Hope you all enjoy. Hi. Hi. Hello, everybody. Hi. Hi. Hi, Tim. Hi, Marco. Hi, Marco. Hey, Mags. <laughs> My God. You, you're, you're like a fine wine, Marco. I was you just, just saying how, I mean, I don't know how he stays this gosh darn handsome. Like it's, 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 it's crazy. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on, son. Uh, come on. <laughs> the psychos are going to love that. Uh, and we do too. Um, we're, we are so excited to have you finally. We have talked about you so much on this podcast. And we'll have to do some catching up. No, you don't have to do anything. Just be here and hang out with us for a little while. Yeah. Um, be but your awesome dear friend that you are. Marco, uh, to all the psychos listening, and they already probably know this, but Marco was with us. Marco was our, our camera person from the very, 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 very beginning. Still does every movie. He has gone through the whole journey with us. And he Sorry, is uh, our Maggie, family member. Yeah. I just was saying, Marco, tell me if I'm wrong. I always describe you as having shot every scene of this television show and movies. Is that correct? It's almost correct. Because I consider episode one, season one, the first one that we all shot together. But there was a pilot and I wasn't there for the pilot. We Neither don't was the pilot. I. Exactly. So it doesn't count. We don't talk about the pilot. You know that song, We Don't Talk About Bruno? We don't talk about the pilot. That's uh, No, I'm kidding. Of course we can talk about the pilot. It's where it all began. Yeah. Um, Maggie still is still, and appropriately so, a little sore that she was not in the pilot. (laughs) But as I always say, thank goodness she wasn't in the pilot because then when she arrived, it was that much sweeter when the ray of sunshine showed up. Oh, Tim. so true. No, it's true because the final puzzle piece, as I should just start calling you PP for puzzle piece. (laughs) Because <laughs> you, you were the puzzle piece that we all you know, we didn't realize we were missing. It's so funny. That's kind of how I describe uh, Jasmine. I always say Jasmine was the the puzzle piece. We didn't that we we were missing. We didn't even know we were missing, and then she showed up, and we were like, "Oh, it's okay, so perfect." Yeah. So it was like, yeah. So she's a she's PP as well. I don't know. So if and then Marco, I just I raised my hand. One, 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 one,
Darling listeners, darling, beautiful, wonderful, psycho listeners. Mm -hmm. So the man that we have, uh, that we're chatting with today, I'm so excited. We've been trying for literally a year to get Marco Ciccone, which you got to do that with your hand when you say his name. We could try to get Marco Ciccone for literally a year, (laughs) but he's so gosh darn good at what he does. He's constantly in demand in Vancouver. He's never not filming. Never not awesomely working. So we finally got, I don't know how we got, we got a bit of a break in his schedule to get him to come play with us. We today. are so lucky. We are so lucky. And uh, I have a fun fact that Marco knows. Tim, I don't know if you know this. I think I might know where you're going oh, with this. You probably do. The very first time I think I ever worked in Vancouver, um, I definitely, no, it was. It was the first time I worked out of the country. I was, it was 1998. On a movie for a TV movie for NBC when they did these, it was a horror movie called I've Been Waiting for You, starring Sarah Chalk, 1998, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't realize uh, Sarah was in it. Soleil Moonfry. Soleil Moonfry, Ben Foster. I mean, yeah. And Marco was on that movie as well. And that's where I can't believe you know someone on Psych who predates our friendship. Real, right? Like it's it's really wild. I remember yeah. seeing you on Psych the first day and being like, "Shut up!" <laughs> that was, and so that would have been about eight years later. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, and you yeah. were very young when we started. Seventeen. I was very young. I was eight. I think I was seventeen when we did. Um, I've been waiting for you. Oh my god, was. To go remember when you turned thirty-four, and I said, "I've now known you half your life." That's Which right. Like you last did. year. Right. <laughs> Which was last year. Of course, it was yeah. last year. It was last yeah. week. I mean, yeah. you know, um, yeah, you just sent me that text. But it's it's true. Uh, we've known each other a very, 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 very long time now. And I love How it. How stupid lucky are we, Marco Ciccone? We that we've, are. That we've known this amazing human being for so long. So lucky. You all are. Uh, you all, uh, well, first off, uh, we have to ask you a very important question because this is how we start every podcast. But um, Tim, do you want to do it? Um, you can have the, you've known Marco longer. You can have the honors. Ah, okay. Um, Marco, are you ready to podcast the shit out of it with us? I am ready to podcast the shit out of it. <laughs> and that's why we asked you to be on because we knew you'd be ready. Yay! <laughs> Um, and one quick, one quick word about Marco again, listeners, if I can interject. Um, so as I would say, Marco was, um, Marco was like the extra cast member on our show that you never saw on camera because, yeah, I mean, he was always working a few feet away from us, and because Marco like was again another piece of the puzzle. Like we became our working relationship was so close and our friendship was so close, Marco that, like many of the cast members, I would often look to Marco after a scene to see if I did all right. Before I'd even go to the director. Yes. And I could, I could get, I could, because Marco knows words and all with me. It's so, so I, I cool would, that, like, I would laugh out loud so often during scene, <laughs> wreck a take, but it was worth it, right? That was, that was one of my favorite things about you, because I'd know, like, oh, we were getting it right. Like, you could, like, you had a, you had a way of always letting us know, too. Be like, yes, yes, it's on. Or, or as Tim said, like, this is such a rare thing. And it was like, uh, I think it just speaks to how close and comfortable and trusting we all were with each other after a while. But I think specifically you, because you saw 
everything. You watched this whole thing grow. You you don't like you literally catch every single one of our isms, you know, like a Maggieism or a Timism or a whatever, like because we have them, we have our things. And and I, I know I would look at you sometimes and I'd be like, especially if it were like a low angle and I would be like, hey. Like, this is bad. This is bad. And, but it was like, there was always this understanding of like, Marco had our bad. Like, there were times you would just tell me certain things that you, I would be wondering, but like, maybe afraid to ask, or like, I didn't want to mess, like, slow the day down to be like, I know this is not a good angle. Um, but Marco would like, he'd, he'd get to me before I could even go there and be like, oh, I got, I got you. I got you. <laughs> we could just trust, trust Marco. Well, we were family, weren't we? Mm. So, Absolutely. so we are still are we are our family and between yeah. our cast obviously but our crew was a big part of that psych family as well and i would say marco would i mean maggie you'll probably agree with me would you uh was it fair to say that marco was the key head of our crew like he was the head of our crew family marco's a part of the main family marco's our marco's our marco's our our family family yes absolutely like you know we have we have uh it's it's a real it's a type of trust in in that kind of a role I feel like that is I don't want to say it's rare because I feel like I I've been lucky to work with like really great people but to have what we had with Marco is uh beyond like just beyond like I can't imagine us I can't imagine showing up to set and you not like being there like I can't imagine 100%. us ever making a movie or anything yeah and it like it wouldn't it would be wrong. It would be like, oh, well, if Marco's not available, we're waiting until he is. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> you know, so it's true, though. Like, it's that important. It was vital. You're like our. Yeah. Yeah. And especially we're... as I was getting my my feet wet again and coming back and getting back in acting shape and all that. It was so vitally important for me to have you there, Marco, mm-hmm. almost as much as having Mags in the voice there. Because truly, it's like when when I first started coming back to the show and, and working. And I realized that I don't, you know, what do I say that I'd always had a really um, innate sense of where the camera was and that because of my vision break after post that thing that happened, Maggie, you know about it. What? What happened? The thing that was in all the papers. Wait, something happened to you? Are you sitting down? Oh, man. Are you ready? I I always read the papers. How did I miss this one? Maggie, I had a stroke six years ago. No. no. Yeah, no, I totally did. And it, like, it really messed me up. And I was, it was hard to walk and stuff. And I can't see very well. Um, but uh, um, so coming know. on to set, that first time back on, on the movies where um, I was like, oh, I walk in. I said, like, I don't know where anything is anymore. I don't know where Marco is. I don't know where the cameras are anymore. And then I would see my friend Marco and it would just ground me back. It just was very, it was, you were really instrumental in me getting back into, into the game, Marco. I love that show, by the way, Maggie. Hmm? I said, I love well, that show, by the way. What show? I just back said getting game? back in the game. Oh. <laughs> okay. I loved that show, too. I really did. I loved that show, and I loved that character. Anyway, um, but Marco, it's true. He told me that um, many times as well, just like throughout the process. And I remember coming back on um, the first movie, and Mar- every single day, Marco, have you talked to Tim? What's happening? Okay, like you, well, you're just, yeah. It just wasn't right without Tim. Yeah. Mm, movie. We made it, but it wasn't the same. And when you came back for the second one, it was fantastic. Yeah. And I, there's no way that I would miss a psych movie. I would just 
if I were on something else, I'd go, you guys have to let me go for a while. <laughs> we will hold you to the that for Psych 4, whenever that's going to be. Yeah. Gotta do it. Oh, so that, maybe that makes me happy. We'll do it. We will do it. We must do it. We must do it. And we must do it soon. I'll let you in on a secret I've never told anyone before. I've never been able to compost. It is always too complicated. It's too much work. Okay, let's be honest. It's, it's too much work, you guys. Then I got my Lomi. Lomi allows me to turn my food scraps into dirt with a push of a button. Lomi is a countertop electric composter that turns scraps to dirt in under four hours. Plus, there's no smell when it runs, and it's really, really quiet. Thanks to Lomi, I have way less garbage each week. I'm talking three bags per week down to one. Since I got my Lomi, I throw out way less. That means it's not going to landfills and producing methane. Instead, I turn my waste into nutrient-rich dirt that I can feed to my plants. And you all know I love my plants. I put everything in there. My old fruit and veggies, eggshells, coffee grounds, and even gross meat scraps. It's crazy to me that all of this food can go into my Lomi and it won't even stink up the kitchen. It's crazy, you guys. I learned that food waste makes up a huge portion of our personal carbon footprint. By reducing the amount of food I send to the landfill, I'm helping to do my part, and you can too. I feel great knowing that I'm composting and creating soil instead of waste. I have basically limitless supply of dirt for my garden. Well, my, my soon-to-be garden. You know, so I can grow you cycles of pineapple. If you want to start making a positive environmental impact or just make cleanup after dinner that much easier, Lomi is perfect for you. Head to Lomi.com slash pineapple and use the promo code PINEAPPLE to get $50 off your Lomi. That's $50 off when you head to Lomi, L-O-M-I dot com slash pineapple and use promo code PINEAPPLE at checkout. Food waste is gross. Let Lomi save you a cold trip out to the garbage can. So, Marco, when we do the rewatch part of this, we go through, I read... A synopsis, basically, of the episode, and then because I do have any- to say, the psychologist room is a psych watch, psych rewatch podcast. Everyone, it's, it's a psych yeah. rewatch podcast. That's what it is. I'm sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. And the psychologist, uh, psychiatrist. What? What is it? Are we the psychologists are in? Where the psychologists are in? <laughs> I was about to say a psych watch podcast. Um, I'm like, that's not our name. Um, we uh, we just go you, through. You titled the show, Maggie. You should know it. <laughs> I should. It was your damn idea. I just had a whole like, you know, you just have one of those moments where you're like, wait, wait, what? That doesn't sound right. Uh, we go through. We do a synopsis of the episode, and then just cut me off. Chime in. T- Tim raises his hand sometimes. It's very fun. Um, any memories you have of the episode or any other stories, by the way, just because it's your first time here and it won't be your last that you like remember uh, anything you kind of remember. I also I kind of do want to know that. Like, did you meet with Steve Franks? Um, how did you get on? How did this yeah, what's all happen? The, what's the Chicone origin story? Yeah. Well, actually, it's a pretty good story. Oh, because, we love good stories. Well, because psych was really the first show that I did as an A camera operator. No that, way. Well, that was of a larger scale because I had been, I, it was kind of early in my operating career and I had been doing a lot of B camera work. And then I decided, you know what? I don't really want to do B camera anymore. So I'll take some lower budget movies of the week or whatever and try and work A camera only. Marco, could you very oh. quickly in a nutshell uh, explain the difference? Well, there is no real difference in that we're both operators, A and B camera are shooting shots, but it, it falls in, 
to the A camera operator to be a little bit more involved creatively, a little bit more um, a part of creating the shots. And of course, it depends also on the director of photography and, um, you know, how involved you are. But it, I wanted to be more involved. So I was doing this TV movie and uh, it was all of a sudden my phone rang and it was between setups. So I was able to go outside and I remember we were shooting by the water and I'm standing there looking out at the water and uh, it's Tracy Jeffries, who was our mm -hmm. first production manager. And she said, I have uh, Mike McMurray here. Um, he's going to be the director of photography of a TV series that we're starting. And uh, you were recommended to us, but Mike wanted to have a chat with you and, and to see if, you know, he'd like to hire you. So uh, I waited for Mike to come on. Mike came on and said, uh, Hey, how's it going? And, and I <laughs> said, well, oh, it's like going him. well. And, and he do goes, you play uh, guitar? Yeah. Have you worked with the, uh, have you worked on a television series before? And I said, Oh yeah, I've worked on lots. He goes, you know, the grind, you know, like how, how long it can be and how tired you can be at the end. And you feel good about that. And I said, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm used to that kind of work. And then he said, well, really, I guess the most important question is, um, do you play guitar? Oh, I jumped your story. Sorry. <laughs> you did. <laughs> and I said, well, yeah, I play around. I'm not great. And he goes, well, yeah, no, none of us are great. But I kind of wanted to know, would you, if you were to, get this job, would you be interested <laughs> in having a little band, you know, like... <laughs> Wait, uh, hold on. Part of whether or not... This was my job oh. interview. <laughs> <laughs> I love it so much. Okay. Yeah. And I said, of course. I mean, that would be so much fun. He goes, great, you're hired. Are you serious? That was it. I assume there was a similar conversation with Trevor Holbrook. Yes. Yeah. Trevor, I, who I'm pretty sure did it, had a cameo in this episode. Was that not him holding the camera in Think Tank in one of the like little? Uh, I thought I, just, I saw. I don't him. remember it, but maybe. Okay. Yeah, but go ahead. Yes, Trevor. Well, that, that's basically that was that was it, and then Trevor and I. I mean, we, it was just magic, right? We started Ma our little wait, band. Wait, you and Trevor didn't know each other. No, we knew each other. Trevor oh, and I knew each other, had known each other for a long time. And Trevor's actually the guy that first got me up on a stage playing and singing in front of other people. No kidding. Yeah, because we were working on a show called The Chris Isaac Show. Uh-huh. And it was all about, you know, playing yeah. music. And Trevor's always been just obsessed with being on stage and playing music. So he convinced me at one point, and I was so nervous. Wow, oh, I'm sorry, Marco, and, uh, you wouldn't, Garth and Jamie were on uh, Chris Isaac as well, weren't they? Who? Garth and, Garth and Jamie? Yes. Yeah. I don't know about Jimmy, but maybe Jamie, maybe Jamie was, but Garth for sure. Wow. Yeah. Talk about Garth Longmore, everybody, our, our B camera operator for a long time and dear pal. Because we all went to see Chris when he played at River Rock. Hilarious. That's right. right. Right, and we had Trevor for most of the series, right? I feel like he for four years, I think. Okay, so we had him for half the series, half. and then, yeah. and then Chris Banting. Or no, maybe maybe Trevor was five, like because I think Mike McMurray was there for four. Then Scott Williams replaced him as director right. of photography. Right, and then uh, I think Trevor. I honestly can't. I think I maybe think... Trevor did four, and maybe Garth did five. 
Right. We were, that is such a funny, okay. What I love about this story is that it totally fits in line with like, we were assembling a, a, like a family. So, so Steve Franks always said like he had this like no a-hole policy, right? And obviously that started with him and we got so lucky there. And then every single person that was brought in to this circle, like I love, first off, you're so talented anyway. And Michael already knew that, but I love that Michael was like, this is going to be a thing. Okay. We're going to have fun and we're going to play music. (laughs) And this is what it needs to be because we're, I felt like that was always kind of the vibe with you guys as well. Was this like, I mean, just everybody smiling. Everybody was happy. Everybody was having a good time. Like it was always, that was like the intention for the day. Yes, there were some hard days or whatever, but like everybody came in with that vibe. And I love that Michael, that was his prerequisite for like, you're, we're going to have a band. Are you down with that? Wait, so, so you at that point had been on stage. So you had gotten over your stage fright. Okay. Yeah. All right. Got yes. it. That, that helps. <laughs> That's not my word. Well, um, you helped me with mine. Yeah, Tim. Oh, I was going to say there were, uh, hang on, no one heard that. There were two very important places other than on set, on the actual stages for our show. First was the uh, makeup trailer because that's where all the fun happens first thing in the morning. So it's it starts in the makeup trailer in the morning, ends in the camera truck mm-hmm. afterwards because the camera truck is where... um. A, the, the, I kept my guitar and everybody else kept their guitars and um, and some libations were sometimes uh, kept in refrigerators and um, perhaps sometimes maybe maybe um, we'll play and Lucy would hang with us oh, yeah and that's Lucy. where Lucy and Lucy would because the camera tro- the camera crew right. all sort of adopted Lucy if I was on set too long then I put Lucy's bed on the on the uh, on the truck lift to the camera truck and and they'd all so Lucy would hang out you're all bit Lucy's original foster people and yeah. babysitters yeah it was so sweet that's so i love all these stories it's i i feel like too i you know you know this marco i mean i was very that rap party when we started tim and i were just talking about this that we did a live podcast in san francisco but we talked about how much we all love to hang out so we started to make like half year rap parties because half season rap parties because yeah. <laughs> we just wanted an excuse to have another party and after some time it became like a concert and the band would perform you guys would perform you all were so good and kind of provide the entertainment and then after time we all would come up and do a song and i was i was petrified like i just am i have a stage fright around this that i'm actually still like working on but i have to tell you like you all letting me practice and you up there playing with me marco oh my god it's like literally one of the most like one of my favorite memories of the show and it it helped me so much <laughs> to this day with oh, my stage fright. I watched that video so many times. I remember at the end of that, the guy that, that sort of had helped us with the sound and was maybe the manager of the Ironworks bar where we yeah, were. Yeah, yeah, that's Ironworks. He yeah. came running back down and he goes, who was that? I was I was out, but I, I was outside the room. But I heard this sound, and it sounded like an angel singing. <laughs> that would be Maggie oh Lawson God. singing. All that was. So sweet. I That's mean, he was so talking sweet. about Rodé singing backup. Of course, absolutely. He has a beautiful falsetto. But yes, yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> you were so good that night. Thank you. It was really, really special. Yeah, Rodé uh, Rodriguez singing his harmonies and. 
I mean, Tim rocking out and do that. I mean, it was it it just and I feel like it was about this time. In fact, I was just talking to somebody that I was like, I think that started around season four. These like we're going to sing. We're going to uh, like all have we're going to have that half season rap parties. And this by this time, we had lost the fear of like, are we getting picked up or not? We kind of always knew by season four, there'd probably be a five there, you know, so we were just in it. Like we just got to like relax and be in it and and enjoy each other. And I always say like, I feel like we, you know, you can always, you can look back on a lot of things and be like, man, I, I we didn't know how good we had it. And I actually think we did. We did. I think, I think we did. We were so happy. <laughs> well, you know what's strange is that here in Canada, psych was strangely broadcast i mean it was it it's only now that we have streaming that people are kind of getting to revisit yeah. and everything but it was really difficult to see psych so people would ask me what are you working on and i would go i, I work on psych and they'd go oh, oh i haven't heard of that right. and i go it's just the best place to be in the world oh, that's really <laughs> gonna make me cry but it but was it's, true it's true and everyone's like i've done some things in in vancouver since then, we all have. And when you say how you like there, you always know someone on a cr crew after eight years on a show together, somebody has like ended up somewhere. And so I always run into someone and they'll be like, how do you guys know each other? And we're like, oh, we did psych. And everyone, every crew, every person knows about psych. They're like, I tried so hard to get on that show because I heard it was like the happiest place on earth. And we'd be like, yeah, but we were so locked in with our family that for a long time we didn't really... We didn't have a lot of we like we're like no we got we have our people. Yeah, and no crew ever left either because it was such a great place to be. So the crew was always like, I know they're gonna offer me a bunch of money over there, but I'm gonna stay here because this is where the yeah. love is. Yeah. And that was. It was magic. All right, we should so we don't keep Marco, um, very, our very busy friend Marco, on this pod all day. Um, uh, let's go in. Let's jump into the episode. And then um, anything you remember, Marco, or any fun camera things you want to throw in. I feel like one of my memories from this episode, and obviously, Tim, do what you always do, but is, um, was this kind of bodily? Like, I feel like we, I feel like I remember this episode being very, um, uh, like, one location. I feel like we were in the studio almost the whole time because it's like either the uh, police station or the think tank, which was actually built on the which stage. Yeah. And the auditorium wasn't obviously. So. so we only had, I wrote that down. I think we probably yeah. only had one or two days out. Like, yeah, this the, was, um, I think it was the Bay Shore was the hotel where right. the hotel stuff all plays. So that's kind of interesting. That was kind of interesting to me. Cause I feel like I, or, and I feel like maybe it was a shorter episode. Cause after this we have, um, Yin, I know Mr. Yin presents at the end of the season. Anyway, I've I I kind of I didn't have immediate memories of this, and then when I started watching it back, I actually I remembered that I remembered how how cushy it was because it was like all on stage. <laughs> so much of it was on yeah. stage. Okay, guys, are you ready? Yes, I'm so ready. Have Maggie, have we have we said hello? I don't feel like we've I've done like a really proper. Hi, Maggie. Hi, Tim. Tim, you look amazing as always. Marco, we love to spend the first couple of 
seconds complimenting each other for a little while when we come on because we love seeing each other's faces so much. And but what happened today was I was late and I came on and I, I was like, Marco Ciccone, fine, fine wine, fine wine. It just, just passed yeah. me over immediately. But that's OK. I, I... I know. And Tim, I'm so sorry because you get you. You always know. I always think you look amazing, but it look, was it's just tough like... to compete with with Ciccone. <laughs> but, you know, before you got here, we did deal with Tim's fantastic hair with his mustache and he fixed the I mustache. Did, I waxed my mustache because I was a little late wa- waxing. So Marco got to got to watch the glory that is me watching my mustache. <laughs> That'll be a whole I, separate uh, Patreon episode someday. I love it. I love it. I love the beard. I think it, it looked the wheat. You guys, we look good. What's making me nauseous? My anxiety when I watch The Last of Us on Sundays, when I have to tell the barista they got my drink order wrong. Going into that weird body scanning security device at the airport. Okay, a lot of things make me nauseous these days, but luckily I found a helpful assistant, my trusty friend, Relief Band. Relief Band is the number one FDA cleared anti-nausea wristband that has been clinically proven to quickly relieve and effectively prevent nausea and vomiting associated with motion sickness, anxiety, migraines, hangovers, morning sickness, chemotherapy, and so much more. Whether you need everyday nausea relief or just an occasional cure from nausea, their patented technology makes feeling sick a thing of the past. It's like the name says. Relief band is legitimately a band you wear on your wrist that gives you relief from nausea, and you can change the intensity depending on how you are feeling to make it stronger or weaker. It means no more nausea pills to make you groggy and exhausted. Relief band is 100% drug-free and non-drowsy. Plus, they've got an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating and over 100,000 satisfied customers. So they are a brand you can trust. And now you can use your HSA and FSA dollars to get a relief ban. So if you just got those accounts refilled, put that money to good use and fix your nausea problem for good. I always look at my phone when I'm in an Uber or in a backseat and I bring my relief ban with me no matter how long the car ride is just for peace of mind. You guys remember last year when I had... Uh, Vertigo. I talked about it a lot on the podcast. I'd never experienced anything like that before. And I it was the perfect timing because I was just trying relief band for the first time. So I can I can honestly tell you it helps a lot. Um, And that was extreme. So imagine just even like a smaller case, whatever. I, I do use it in the car as well. Look, if you get in a car and you don't bring a relief band with you, you're making a big mistake. So if you want the band that actually works at relieving your nausea, check out Relief Band. Right now, we've got an exclusive offer just for psychologists or in listeners. If you go to reliefband.com and use promo code PINEAPPLE, you'll receive 20% off plus free shipping. So head to reliefband, R-E-L-I-E-F-B-A-N-D.com and use our promo code PINEAPPLE for 20% off plus free shipping. All right. Episode 14, Think Tank, written by Andy Berman and Steve Franks, directed by Steven Surgic. Who I got to say, I was got back in touch with Steve recently. We've been out of touch for years, but uh, Steve, I think, did five episodes of our show and was was a great uh, playmate in Vancouver for us, with us. And um, 100%. Love. And became became a good pal of mine. And like Steve and I had a thing like we would go for burgers in in town. Yeah. A couple couple different burgers around uh, LA and... um, one of the last times I saw him was actually burger. We had a great burger in, in the in Gerard's. The in the Gerard. Because <laughs> Gerard's, in addition to um the fine cocktails, makes a great burger. Everybody, next uh. time you're in Vancouver on um 
<laughs> on the Street. psych tour. That's a nice on the psych tour. I love, uh, we love Sergic. I mean, he became, he was also one that was like, became, uh, he was part of our, part of the group. I mean, he did so many at this point and he's also very busy, not surprising. Um, Which I was going to say, so Steve was maybe going to come talk with us. Well, he wanted to come talk with us as well, but he's off to Vancouver. Or no, he's off to Canada for another extended assignment, as he said. So he's monstrously busy and he's a huge success. Maybe because of us. Might have something maybe. to do with his, his own part in his own successful career we would like to think it we would like to think it um but yeah he always came up to play we always had uh we, we always had the best time and marco i know you guys got along great i learned so much from him there are so many little tiny little tricks that that are surgic little tricks that i still use constantly oh can you, can really? you give me an example what? yeah oh i mean they're just like they're just really specific to like a, a camera blocking and mm. uh, and what to do when you're splitting eye lines, and 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 he just has these little Sergikian rules that I still use because they work. Oh, I love that, yeah. uh, Tim. I, I, you're more in touch with Sergik than I am. You have to tell him that. That's so cool. Absolutely. Well, I'm going to send him uh, this episode. I'm going to send the link once once we yeah. um once right. it lands. So Sergik, um, we miss you. We're we're sorry you couldn't be here, but we get Marco instead. Yay, and we're very glad that you couldn't come because you're working so much. Um, yes, and and oh, Marco, we'll let you know too. Once I get through the synopsis, we have fan questions as well. So um, okay. you're in for all kinds of treats. Okay, ready. Think Tank, written by Andy Berman, Steve Franks, uh, directed by Steven Surgic. Pineapple Siding. Sean demands, I did, I got this one. I actually got it too. I wrote it yes. down for the first time. I like all caps, I got the pineapple siding. It was <laughs> like right ahead. off the bat, wasn't it? Where's the pineapple yes. when he walks into the... Into the pizza place. Pizza place. That's it. Yeah. That's yeah. it. He pineapple. I was just gonna say. I'm Which is also a, a psychic premonition. A pineapple it, spindrift today as well. I, I love that, Marco. I just had to run up and get it because at Christmas we went over to our good friends and neighbors uh, next door, and uh, another we had a, a secret Santa thing where you had to get like just little gifts and. Sort of, I don't know if you know how to play Secret Santa, but you, you can sort of like trade and that. But everybody wanted to make sure that I got that. Oh, Which I that get, is so I get cool. For, 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 yeah, for yeah. our sorry, sad Bobby. listeners who are not on Patreon, who don't get the video, it's uh, Marcus holding up a pineapple bottle opener. Bottle opener. Which would have gotten very good use on the camera truck, I got to say. It would have. <laughs> Although it was often, it was often cans in the, on the... um. Of seltzer water, obviously, and soda pop. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolute diet coke. Anyway, all right. Cold open. It's 1989. Henry finds Sean writing a book report on Charlotte's Web, despite not having read the book, and le and lectures Sean on making conclusions based on incomplete information. Amused at how certain Sean is in his conclusions, he tells him that if he gets an A on the report, he'll take him to Disneyland. Sean gets happy and continues writing his report while Henry smugly walks away. Cut back to present day. Sean wraps up a case, I think I know what you're going to say, Tim, at a pizza parlor while casually tossing some dough, breaking it down for Chief Vic Lasseter and Juliet in front of the suspects and a room full of witnesses. That's when Henry rushes in and quietly tells Sean he's accusing the wrong guy. Sean reveals, was that a psych first, by the way, that we had a wrap up start the episode? Wow, I didn't even catch that. Yeah, I think I was that must like, have been. I, I think it was. I mean, I know there goes on to be like a whole other case for the episode, but still, it was kind of but, impressive. We started right off the bat with a uh, 
with to get uh, into season four and suddenly have a show first is a pretty monumental thing. You all got your money's worth on this episode, everybody. <laughs> uh, we're gonna say, and Vic is is in the. Uh, she's she's got the pop to Vic collar. Yep, she's got. No, sorry, I miss. Uh, yeah, I came up with it. No, she's got the pop, not pop to Vic collar. She's got the pop to Vic. We're just calling it the pop to Vic. I don't know. That feels like it could mean a lot of things. <laughs> I know you. Um, I know you seem mildly uncomfortable with it last time I brought it up. <laughs> Tim, it's two times now, and both times I've been like. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it because we have uh, Marco. We talk about the wardrobe a lot on the show, and um, we know that the chief means business when she's got her when the collars like extra popped. And I actually feel like it was in this episode, Tim. Right? It's one of those. It was. It was pretty. It was pretty. Extra it was popped. like you wide. Kirsten's know, um, yeah. coming up guesting in a few uh, episodes away, so I can ask her on that How episode, or I can, or I can, or I'll text her before, or I'll call her beforehand and say. Hey, there's a new term. I just want to make sure you're comfortable with it before I <laughs> drop it. Before I drop it on you live. I love it. I kind of feel like really she nice. would. Not, I feel like she won't have an issue with it. Kirsten's going to love it. Are you kidding? <laughs> She's going to love it. Um, okay. Um, Sean reveals he didn't read the case file and and realizes Henry is right. So he must switch switch suspects midstream. Sean says his work here is done and tells Jules to cuff him and Lassie to top off the pizza. <laughs> Chief I have an Eagle. issue with this scene, Maggie. Tell me, Tim. It took three minutes and seven seconds to get a two shot of us, <laughs> which is outrageous. That's why outrageous. I couldn't I couldn't tell what colors you were wearing because there was hardly a shot of you until yeah. And then even when it was a two shot of us, it was um, it was a really it was darkly lit and um, and I just couldn't tell what you were wearing. So sorry, I don't have a um. Oh, I, I had for- that note as well that the episode was darker. It was a little, that's how it felt. Like, it felt like a little, like the lighting felt, it was like, because we were inside so many places and it kind of had this like tunnel vibe. It's just like the whole episode had like a kind of a darker feel. Anyway, um, okay, Chief Vic overhears Henry lecturing Sean about how often he asked for his help. Yes, Tim. Oh, and, and in that, on that set next to uh, next to Vic is is our main guest star, one of our main guest stars, Bruce Davidson. The oh, great Bruce, actor, Bruce Davidson. So good. Who, He's who great in this. You'll all come to know as Mr. Snowden in the um, episode later. Yes. Named for um, Wendell Snowden, our um, our wonderful makeup artist season. Wendy. Yeah. Wendy. Wendy. Wendy, Wendy Wendells. Um, okay. Uh, lecturing Sean about how... Okay. She, Chief Vic over here is Henry lecturing Sean about how often he asks for help and heads over, heads over bringing along a man named Walter Snowden. He happens to run a private security firm and he wants to hire Sean to be a part of... Yes. Think Tank he's working with... Hold on. I'll finish this. Bi- billionaire okay. businessman Ashton Bonaventure... Uh, to prevent his assassination. Yes, Tim. So we glossed over the where's the pineapple, but that was also, that was a psychic premonition because he literally says the line that everyone who watches the show, who now loves the show knows, and they all go, where's the pineapple? Where's the pineapple? Yes, And all is. those years earlier, right. our, our lovely Sean James Rodriguez, Rodriguez yes. psychically has the premonition that someday in the future, this show's going to be so popular and this pineapple thing is going to really take off. Yeah. The people will be going, where's the pineapple? That's it. He Actual knew. piece of dialogue from the episode. I love it. I didn't even know that. Anyway, he's also, uh, hold on. Oh, he's also a fan of Gus. Knowing, this was crazy. Knowing even the most secretive of nicknames. Um, because one of them was said, and I, we referenced the, uh, you can't handle this episode, where it's said on the military base in total, like, classified <laughs> private. That was a great, a great, great callback. So good. He invites the both of them to join the think tank, which they immediately say yes after hearing 8,500 bucks a day for two weeks. Hell yeah. 
Sean and Gus arrive at the security offices where Snowden tells them he has provided everything for them uh, off their contract writer from bubble gum and trampolines <laughs> to, to Gus's specific NBA um, air horn. Sorry, not just bubble gum, Big League Chew. Big League Chew. Big Very League different. Chew, which I found uh, James's artwork. Incredibly uh, specific. <laughs> yes. Okay. The boys then meet the other members of the team. Fred Collins Boyd, a retired Secret Service agent. Svetlana Pergoyevich. A former hit woman for the KGB. We'll get there. And Alan Zenek, a crime statistician. They also have a giant bowl of Skittles waiting for them, as per the contract writer, of course. Yes, Tim, did you want to add? So Alec, Alan was named for our set photographer, who is, and I say this with love, the bane of Marco's existence, because Alan is a set photographer who was always trying to get in the, get the shot, which always would mean he would get in Marco's shot. Yes, Marco so, would have to be like Alan. So the man's trying Alan, to do his job, and Marco's always like, stop. <laughs> Alan, get out of the shot. Alan's in the shot. <laughs> I, and sometimes, we, yeah. I sometimes remember actually putting out my left hand and just gently <laughs> pulling him back. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Behind the camera. Love Marco that. Marco was yeah. also really I was, wonderful. I, yeah. I, I think the times Marco called out Alan for getting the shot is almost up there with um, the very rare occasion of, I'm sorry, I'm getting a boom shadow. I'm sorry, I'm getting a, a shot of the boom. Yeah, which was Johnny, rare. That's true. Rare. Johnny and Lala. Yeah, it's so funny. Marco was always great too. Like I knew I could, I knew if we weren't, if like we didn't have the shot or sometimes he would be so like, if it was an emotional scene or something that was like a big speech or they would have to get through and he knew that it wasn't good, the focus, so something was off. Like you would actually let us know so that we could save performances and save, you know, time and energy and like whatever he would say. And sometimes you would go, ah. Yeah, I, yeah. Can't, <laughs> I can't control those sighs. No, there's a sigh of frustration <laughs> because yeah. Marco is so good at what he does and is such yeah. a master. Like, frankly, all of us, all the, everybody on camera is delivering their A game all the time. Marco, as the A, a camera operator, was always bringing his A game. Always. And it was, and it was a very intricate, it was, always an intricate it was an intricate choreography between, as I would say, like the work between an actors and the camera department is a dance. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it is for sure. Um, okay. Snowden gives the group a brief bio on Bonaventure. Am I saying that right? I am, right? It's not Bonaventure. Bonaventure or is it Bonaventure? It, it's Bonaventure. Oh, Bonaventure. I said Bonaventure. <laughs> I made it a little more fancy. Bonaventure, who is in town to give a speech to his board of directors. His hostile takeovers and layoffs have made him a lot of enemies, and the attempts on his life are getting closer to success. I yes. need to go over some psych degrees of separation real quick. Uh-huh. So going back to the members of the think tank, Svatlana, yes. played by my friend, our friend, Sandra Hess. Yeah. The great actress, wonderful, wonderful human being, Sandra Hess, who is also the wife of our pal and psych guest star, Michael Trucco. We love Michael. Who's in, who's in the baseball episode. Yeah, their baseball episode. Yeah, they're the nicest people and not unattractive. Anyway. <laughs> that, is, that is one pretty household, let me tell you. <laughs> this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You guys, I recently learned a little something about myself. Well, actually, I've been told this many times, but, you know, I finally started doing it. Whenever I'm, like, feeling anxious or a little worked up, I have – it sounds so simple, but just – taking deep breaths, very deep breathing, like four counts in, eight counts out, <laughs> like three times, I feel like a new person. It helps just sort of like restore me back to earth. 
getting to know yourself can be a lifelong process. I mean, how long did it take me to learn that? Especially because we're always growing and changing. Therapy is all about deepening your self-awareness and understanding because sometimes we don't know what we want or why we react the way that we do until we talk through things. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on a journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. I've always felt that, that one of the benefits of therapy, at least for me, is just sort of strengthening and fortifying my relationship with myself. It helps me sort of understand who I am a little better. So all those things that come up, like, why am I reacting this way? Why is this happening? It helps me go back and be like, oh, this is why. Okay. And it's a little less, it's a little less scary. I think it helps you love yourself a bit more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash pineapple today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash pineapple. The Think Tank team, and they're just as beautiful people. Like, I'm, it's truly, like, they're just, it's crazy. Could um, you the imagine thing, being their next door neighbors? That would suck. I know. Every day I'd be like, like always oh, just seeing man. them. Yes. <laughs> and on, on the back patio, just be I'd awful. I'd be staring. Like, and be now staring here comes the beauty and I feel awful. Yeah. Yeah. I'd stare a lot. Anyway, the think, uh, the think tank team are supposed to be uh, to spitball ways to kill him in order to prevent such an assassination. That's when Snowden connects with Bonaventure over a satellite cam who thanks the team for participating but when Sean jumps in to pitch him a product idea, he doesn't respond and the signal mysteriously shuts down. As the team starts brainstorming ideas, Sean realizes he is outranked in smarts. Desperate, he starts to read the people in the room to assert his dominance. The team is unfortunately unimpressed. Snowden then calls a recess and Gus tries to talk Sean into leaving the group or calling Henry for help, but Sean refuses. Back in the room, Snowden shows the group a schematic for the hotel. Wanting to prove his worth, Sean throws out the suggestion of shooting the target from beneath. The team scoffs at that plan, and Snowden ends the session for the day. Out I of ideas. Another, sorry, yeah. Max, I have another yeah, yeah. Uh, psych degree of separation. Tell. So we got to call out um, one of the actors, the great Miguel Ferreira. Oh, yeah. Who was, our, who was the um, ex-secret, no, he, yeah, he was the ex-secret service, service yeah. agent. Who's, <clears throat> but uh, Miguel is, um, who's no longer with us, passed away at a very early age of 61, unfortunately, but um, tremendous actor and... Um, Really like an actor's actor. Truly. Son of, and here's Truly. a fun fact for the kids out there. Son of the tremendous Jose Ferreira. Yeah, that's right. And But, but here's the psych separation that my connection to, to Miguel. And Maggie, you you know this, I'm sure, that a lot of people consider, consider me, I can say this with a straight face. Oh, God. The George Clooney of my generation. Oh, who knows this? Well, oh, yeah. and it's because we're, we're uh, both huge TV, massive TV movie stars. Yes, of course. Mostly handsome. And uh, uh, could be the fact that we've both gone gray or embraced the gray. found stardom on medical shows. That too, but... Um, I'm kidding. Well, speaking of I'm medical kidding. shows, so Miguel had... Here's a, here's a deep dive um, fun fact. He had one scene in the pilot ER. Really? One, yeah, and um, spoiler alert, he dies. Oh, boy. Wait, Miguel? Miguel. In, oh, wow, that's crazy. in the pilot, his character died. Wait, so your connection to him is uh, because you're is, the George is Killian George. Of your... is Absolutely. Is, is, I who love is, his oh, connection. Who is Miguel's cousin? Yeah, of course. Right. I yeah. love that. Because 
their aunt is the great Rosemary Clooney. Yes, from Kentucky, my home state. Right. Brother, uh, uh, sister of Nick. Oh, I didn't know that. Nick Clooney. Yeah, Nick Clooney, the... um. Yeah, I love another it. Dev- so that's that's my... um. That's your that was my long way of really... That was a really deep, strange psychiatry of separation, but yeah. basically just trying to compare myself to George Clooney. That's great, that's, though. That's, that's I love great. it. We should always work that in, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Out of ideas, Sean and Gus head to the police station to get, to get help from Lassiter, who refuses to help them out of sheer jealousy. Lassie says he's been dealing with Bonaventure's security team for weeks, but he has never heard of this Snowden guy and Snowden's security. You were very funny in the scene, Tim. Sean then Thanks, sees Mike. Bonaventure on TV in a live interview and notices his hair is much longer than it was earlier on the satellite link at Snowden's office. Sean realized- Speaking of longer hair, I noticed in that scene in the SPPD, my hair mm-hmm. is finally starting to grow in this season. It is. It is a little bit. It is a little bit. The bus kind of started. It's coming. I could actually move it. Coming back a little. It's coming back. Um, Sean realizes that the link was fake and so was the think tank. But when he and Gus return with the cops, the place has been stripped except for the bowl of Skittles. Jules can't find any record of Snowden, but luckily the other team members check out uh, and they are being brought in for questioning. Yes. There's a very funny cut in this scene um, or very funny edit. So when Sean realizes that Snowden is necessarily the bad guy, his final line is, Crap. Yeah. Cut to us running down the hallway at the think tank, stopping and last me, they're going, oh, crap. Yeah, it was good. Isn't, is this, this the one where we run in with our guns? Yes, but there's something very exciting yeah. before we get to that. O'Hara is in um, a blush oh, right. Pepto drink. So thank God the dry January is over, everybody, because everybody playing Pepto drink at home can drink along now. Because she's like, back in the... I mean, it's not, it's not quite Pepto pink, but it's certainly Pepto pink family. It's, it's, a, it's a blush rosé. It is a blush rosé. It's a great color. Marco, I wear a lot of pinks on this show. And uh, for a couple seasons, it seemed to be one shade. And Tim very, very, like actually very spot on named it Pepto Pink because it is uh, it is the color of of Pepto Bismol. And then what has spun off of that is a drinking game that um, when any anytime I'm wearing any version, any shade that's in the family of the Pepto Pink, it's a Pepto drink. So. Marco knows Which, um, now. Now I know. Like, <clears throat> now right. As I, I texted you yesterday, um, so as some of you may know, there's a new we have a new house member of our household, little little beautiful Mabel. girl named Mabel. Mabel is yeah. a four month old puppy who got a little mom brought to tell me a new a new uh, halter the other day, and it's um Pepto Pink. It's Pepto Pink. I think she's Which outside playing with Allison right now. But I approve hopefully of her when she comes outfit. in, I'll get a little, way, get a little appearance. I love that you sent me outfit approval before. Um, before buying it for her. Well, she's your niece. What am I going to do? Absolutely. No, I love it. And I will always take on that role for her. Okay. The gang rushed over to Bonaventure's hotel where Sean explains how he's in grave danger while simultaneously pitching a pillow with a comb attached to it. (laughs) That was funny. Bonaventure gives Sean a chance to prove himself by protecting Bonaventure when he heads to his car and for some reason there isn't a threat anywhere. Then Sean remembers his own idea the one the think tank all laughed at and pushes Bonaventure out of the way as a bullet comes from a shooting out of a vent in the floor. In the, have we in mentioned the, who, 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 who's playing the incredible get for oh, who's we playing Bonaventure? We haven't. Would no, you like to? This. I'll do it. Yeah, Chris Sarandon, who's completely, who's so good. He's so, we were so lucky to get him and he's, I think he's so good in this episode. He's so good. Uh, it's funny, yeah. my, my neighbor was over for, to watch a little bit of the Super Bowl yesterday and she's uh. She's recently started watching Psych, and she was like, oh, my God, you guys have the most amazing guest stars on this show. Yeah. Yeah, we do. So then I said, what do you mean recently? So I kicked her out of the house. 
<laughs> had one of the it. beers she brought, but yeah, right. I was like, oh yeah, we we kind of we uh we had some amazing amazing people. And Chris was was one of those icing the cakes. There's a yeah. bit that James says, which I remember happening. Now Chris did just did one episode, right? Yes, Chris only did one episode, right? Chris Sarandon only did one episode, I think. Because yeah. there's a scene I remember watching, which I didn't see in this episode though, where they're in a hotel room and Chris is sitting there, and James does the um the jump sit from Princess Bride. Mm-hmm. That was that? I didn't see it in this episode though. Was You're it right? There? It might be on. Actually, it might be in a credit, or it might be in a blooper. But I have seen that as well, and it's not in the episode. That's funny. Yeah. So but does Chris do another? Am I crazy? He doesn't do another episode, right? We didn't have him back for like no, Cloudy think... Chance of Murder. No, we didn't. We also got to say Emmy nominee. I mean, sorry, Oscar nominee. Yeah. I mean, again, we've had we had a couple of those. Like it's 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 crazy. Um, I don't know where I was. Hold on. The gang rushed over to Bonaventure. Oh, we did that. Da 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 da. Sean remembers. Yes. Vent on the floor. Okay. Back at the station, Jules shows a police sketch of Snowden. Bonaventure recognizes him from a wrongful death lawsuit he settled, and Sean, remembering the ring from earlier, realizes it was Snowden's wife who died. Bonaventure can't remember his real name, so he's no help. But since Sean saved Bonaventure's life, he wants him in charge of the investigation, even though he was also in charge of his assassination attempt. Then the think tank group found out they didn't even receive their promised $8,500. And even worse, one of them was promised $9,500. Now I'm that sorry, Sean's- I did jump. The, I did jump you on one. Um, one note. When we were running into the think tank to discover it's now empty. Oh, there, yeah. You started to say, there's that psychotic right. shot of you and it I with our guns drawn. I wrote that down too, psychotic. Which is in, which is in the credits. And um, I know because yeah. we texted each other earlier this morning. Said, yes. And the <laughs> angle of the shot. Looks like it's, you're pointing the gun right at my head, which is in the credits. And every time I see it in the credits, I'm like, that's such a bad, why do they use it for the credits? I promise I'm not. But yes, that the angle of it when I turn, because we go out and then we go in and it it's looks just like camera your angle. head. Just, it's very funny. Okay. Now that Sean's in charge of the think tank, he begins re- with removing all of their watches, then looking at the schematics of the ballroom where Bonaventure will give his speech. One of the henchmen suggests they move the cops away from the back wall to fortify the access points. And they all agree. At the hotel, Sean tells Bonaventure that they know for sure his assassin will be in place when the speech is scheduled to start. So Sean goes on stage first to throw the attacker off and give the cops time to catch him. Once I have a on fun stage, insider insight here. You have a what? A fun insider insight or behind the scenes, whichever. Um, so as Sean is um telling the the group's members of Think Tech what time Bonaventure Bonneville is going on mm-hmm. stage, he refers to him as uh, Bonnie Boom Boom. Oh, I wrote which that down was, too. Which was Rodriguez's um, nickname for the president of the USA Network at the time, Bonnie Hammer. Well, I think he introduced her as Bonnie Boom 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 at, at the TCAs once. He did. Am I correct? Yeah, they uh, they they had a nickname for her, and I heard it as well, and uh, I, it made me laugh. I wrote that down. So that was that was in reference to Bonnie Hammer, who ran USA. Um, she was our boss and a great one. Um, Bonnie okay. Boom Boom. Bonnie Boom Boom. Uh, once on a stage, once on stage, Sean notices that the air conditioning is off since the guests are sweating and tells the police that Snowden must be in the vents. Then Sean goes on to make an idiotic speech about the future <laughs> and technological products. Luckily, Lasseter and Juliet find Snowden, but discover he's wearing a microphone, meaning Snowden has a partner. Sean asks where they found him. And when Lasseter says a vent in the back wall, Sean realizes the partner is Boyd, the henchman from earlier who pitched moving the cops away from the back wall. Which, Lassiter, w- sorry, I got to say mm-hmm. when when. Lasseter and O'Hare are going through the vents. I've got my, my little nine, my nine millimeter. O'Hare has got the pistol grip shotgun. Yes, I do. 
which uh, so anytime we get uh, O'Hara with with a pistol grip shotgun, it needs to be attention must be paid. Yes, yeah, true. It's true. So it it's pretty damn badass. Yeah, there's another moment coming up in a couple episodes as well. Oh no, sorry, that will be next season at the end of uh, the third Yang. Anyway, but was it um, pistol grip? I don't think it was. Pistol- and going back no, to no, our, no, no, um, it's not a pistol. It's the shotgun. Okay. Lassiter and Juliet rush to catch Boyd as Sean scrambles to get Bonaventure safely out of the building and into his car. But once the limo they discover, but once in the limo, they discover Boyd has replaced the driver. Turns out Snowden's wife was Boyd's sister and disgusted that Bonaventure put a price on her life. They use the settlement money to try and kill him in return. Sean then uses the air horn from his contract writer to distract Boyd as they both jump out of the car and find the cops surrounding them with their weapons drawn. Then Maggie, would, would you say that yeah. Boyd is trying to be a <clears throat> yes. Wait, let me do it again. Uh, so Boyd was, uh, I guess in this case, we would say Boyd was almost a murderer. <laughs> I have a thing with Tim. He's got to get the nose crinkler. It's not a real, it's not a real murderer. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Marco, you're getting the full experience well today. On. All right. Then Sean once again pitches his pillow brush invention to Bonaventure at the worst time possible. Do you want a dumb insider insight? I, none of it's dumb. Okay. So as yes. this is really for the hardcore viewers or those who then watch the, watch the, rewatch the episode and then listen to the podcast and go back and rewatch it again to catch all this that we've, we've been talking about. So when we go from, when Sean comes in, this is where you were sort of at, it says what air event was he in and we go, we realize we were at the wrong air event. Mm-hmm. There's a shot of you and I walking down the hallway, mm-hmm. walking down the hallway. And um, as I'm walking, I caught myself. I'm doing something I like one of my standard um, Lassiter moves is whenever I'm kind of walking with purpose, I honestly, I try to do Denzel. Oh, I know you're Denzel. You were so definitely if, doing the Denzel. Which is uh, like leading with the shoulders and arm That's swing because Denzel yes. always work, walks. <laughs> Denzel walk, is a man who walks with purpose and always looks like a badass. So whenever I he could does. sneak it into Lassiter, I tried to... To have to do my Denzel. So I was I'm like, so I glad watched you the episode back this up. morning. I was like, oh, that's my Denzel. Yeah, he's got to get his he's got to get his Denzel walk on. That was like something we all, we talked about, and I can't believe we've never talked about it on the pod. But it was I'd very. For, I'd pronounced. forgotten about it until I until I saw myself do it. Yeah, and and then what? Now now everyone will notice because it's it's a very obvious it's a very obvious walk. I love it. Okay, back at the police station, Chief Vic has been thinking about Henry's participation in Sean's cases and offers him a job in the department to help liaise with their external division. In other words, he'd be Sean's boss, Sergeant Dad Boss. <laughs> Devin, <laughs> that's so cute. <laughs> Henry, intrigued, thinks about it, but ultimately declines. He decides to stay retired, but still help Sean with cases in the future. I love this moment very much. Um, okay, fan, qu- okay, that's our episode, guys. Oh, Anything hang, hang else? On, Anybody want to yeah, add? Yes, yes, actually. <clears throat> Sorry, when the boys go back to the psych office and- um, yeah. Sean realizes they have two phone lines now. Yeah. There's a massive psychic premonition in there. So I Sean, it. I think it's the, uh, I can't remember what Gus says. Um, th- he has caller ID and says, um, who do we know? Like some, uh, hung- like the Hungarian embassy. Right. Sean takes the phone call, starts speaking Spanish, refers to himself as Sean Rodriguez. Oh, he does. That's right. Which, of which course, is the his real last name. Part now is that. Which is his real last name, and and Sean is James has come back to using Rodriguez over Rodé. So Rodé, I just said Rodé. Rodé, Rod Rodriguez. Kind of like Sade. but uh, so I yes. thought that was kind of an interesting psychic premonition. Ah, uh, that is such a good call. I mean, I caught that, but I didn't connect it, and that is that's I love it. I love that. 
And I you love know, Maggie, that's why he I'm here. I'm here as your as your podcast partner. Yeah. Wait, what'd you say, Marco? Oh, I was saying I love that he was talking to like the Bulgarian <laughs> consulate or something. <laughs> it was Bulgarian, that's what it And and then he even fits in Grande Trampolino or something. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it was very funny. It was good. Okay. Margo, before we take, uh, we'll go through our fan questions because we've already taken, we've, we've had you for a long time. But first off, Tim, do you have anything else you want to add to the episode? Uh, that is, I've just, no, I'm done with my professional notes. So I'm I done think with I've, my professional notes too. I, I think I've popped in everything. Yes. All right. Fan questions one. What role would Lassie or Juliet be in had they been recruited? Oh, for the think tank. Interesting. I would probably be put in some role of like having to, like I talk a lot, so maybe I could just like distract people by just like talking to like kill time and let other people do their work. You know, I'd be like a decoy of some kind. I don't know if that's really a part of a think tank. That's more of a like undercover thing. I don't know, Tim. What would what would what would we be? What would we well, be, Marco? Pretty, well, what would you be? Last year would obviously be the uh, armor munitions guy. Oh, that's true. That's actually that's actually true. You would be great at that. Um, I think I'm a pretty good, I think I have a pretty good intuition. Like, a, I think I'm a pretty good judge of if somebody's lying. That could be maybe a, that could be my, my role, maybe. I don't know, Marco, what do you think you would be? I don't know, probably maybe standing out of the scene, maybe with a camera, looking at it. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know I, what? You'd be great at that. Yeah, I could do that. You would be so good at that. You'd be the secret filmer. Yeah, he'd definitely be a surveillance. Surveillance, that's it, yes. Secret filmer, I said. Wow, wow. Filmer, the filmer. Wow. <laughs> be the filmer we, guy. We like a filmer. Not a filmmaker. A filmer, a filmer. Have you ever had an idea for an invention that seemed normal to you but crazy to everyone else? <laughs> oh, God, I don't know. That's tough. I'm sure I've thought of something regarding, like, wine or wine opening or something i don't know like i, I don't know i'm afraid to say <laughs> anyone oh, else these are I really good questions mine would have been something involving how to make coffee better yeah or how to transport coffee marco no no <laughs> no. the, only, the only thing i can ever remember is when i was a little kid that i did invent something i was in the car with my dad and i was like five or six or something and and it was winter and we we're driving in the winter and kind of sliding around a bit and i said dad why don't why don't we invent these nails that come out of your tires and and that when they go into the ice they can grab it and he you said invented studded tires snow said, chains son that's already been done <laughs> oh i like no, your dad's voice like that yeah that's amazing. You were smart. Okay. Do you think Chief Vic realizes that Sean isn't a psychic? I think she doesn't know what, what he is, but I, I think it might not be psychic. I think she knows he's like, whatever it is, he's very good at what he does. So what, you know, she doesn't really need to investigate further because he's doing his job. But I, I think, I think she has an idea because I think She'd, Henry. Yeah, she definitely knows something's up. Yeah, I think so. Um, what would your outrageous demand be for your writer if in your contract? What would mine be? What would my outrageous thing be? 
I think that I would always have to have rice cakes and peanut butter nearby. Absolutely. That would be. <laughs> that would be mine. And yours, Tim, I would guess would be coffee related. Very specific um, coffee needs. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Um, yeah. I must have a, um, yeah, it'd be certain access to um, a Starbucks, proximity to a Starbucks. Marco? Well, mine might have something to do with Ireland and whiskey. A specific kind of whiskey from Ireland. Uh-huh. Yes. Per, yes, may yes. I, may I say perhaps a um, 25-year-old red breast? Perhaps. <laughs> exactly right. What four people would you put in a personal think tank to solve your own problems? Whoa. I don't even know. What four people? Tim? Oh, just because well, Maggie lost would be top of my list. Tim Amundsen? I mean, it's people no one will know. I mean, why don't I would just say our, our crew. You know what? I'm going to say this. Marco, Tim, Devin, Maggie. There's our think tank. Love it. Me too. <laughs> Devin just wrote, yay! And, um, and I'll add delay in for a little extra positivity. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What's your favorite color of Skittle? Last question. This is a cute question. I'm going to freak everyone out and say yellow. Why does that freaking me out? Because it's, I think, is, aren't they flavored? I think it is a little, uh, well, it's one of the tangier ones. Well, it's, it's lemon. It's, it's citrusy. Lemon. So, um, yeah. Citrus. So <laughs> Devin, Devin's comment said, that's a hot take. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm seeing. I told you, I'm going to freak all of you off, but I would definitely go for the yellow. What about you guys? I think all Skittles kind of taste the same. I'm incorrect. I could be wrong there. I mean, I haven't tasted the rainbow lately, but. Okay. So what is, what, it, what would be your favorite color though? What would you be like? I want to eat this color. I like the green because it, it's a very, it's a pretty green. It's a pretty color green. It's like a Kelly green, Irish green. Marco? I don't think they make black Skittles, but Ooh. I kind of always wear black. There's a dark purple. Dark purple. I'd go for that. There's a dark purple. Okay, so that's yours. No, that makes sense, Marco. Yeah, you have, you do. You do always wear black. It's very sophisticated and mysterious. I love it. Stylish. Hey, that's our episode. Does anyone have any anything else they want to add? Marco, you'd asked me earlier before we were recording about uh, if I was going to come back to Vancouver, because I was up there for that uh, thing that um, when I came to do the Percy, yeah. but I did not get to see you. I know. We, which so made me sad. we have to do it. Next time but either one of you are up, we've got to get together. We have to. I haven't been to Vancouver in so long. I haven't been to Vancouver in years. Uh, in fact, the last time I was there was in COVID. I did a Christmas movie and it was so strict on like, you know, the testing and everything too, that I don't think I really saw anybody because I was so worried they were, you know, about being um, careful. But It's so funny because it's still super strict on set, but the minute you walk away from set, there's it's no different. Bike. You're just in a bar, no bat no yeah. masks are at the, you know, at the grocery store or whatever, and nobody thinks about it. It's a very funny thing, our industry. Yeah. Marco, we love you so much. Thank you for being here. Come back so we can do more. Come back to LA. I haven't come back you to had a visit. To see you. Like season two, you came down for a visit. I know. We're gonna do that. I'll bring yeah. Patty this time. Yeah, Patty. bring bring your beautiful wife. Yeah. Yeah, we love that. Um, we love you so much. Love you big time. Right back Thank at you. you. Thank you for you know doing what? this episode. I actually love the shit out of you. Um, <laughs> I love the shit out of you too, buddy. It's so nice to see your facha. We love the shit out of you too, Marco. Like heart oh. explosion seeing you today. It's just a heart explosion. It really is. Yeah. I was so glad to be here. Yeah. Yeah. Let's make um, it happen in person ASAP. Okay, guys? Okie doke. Please, buddy. 
All right. Thank you for being here with us, Marco. And uh, hopefully we will see you soon. For sure. And oh, thanks, Thank Devin. you for helping us podcast the shit out of it. Yeah, you helped us podcast the shit out of it. Yeah, you did. Mwah. 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 Bye. Oh, so fun speaking with Marco again. We love him so much. And I love seeing Tim and Marco reunite. It was so wonderful. Marco was so loving through everything Tim was going through during the first movie. He's just, he's just, he's our family. We will see you guys next week where we talk about season four, episode 15, the head, the tail, the whole damn episode with Kirsten Nelson. She's back and she's better than her. Don't forget to follow us on our Instagram at the psychologists are in and our Twitter at psychologist pod. Plus check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash psychologists are in for full video episodes of the pod and even a chance to be on the pod with us. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.